It's Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie Elgie coming to you today with Edmonton's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Edmonton, Alberta. Greg Kadubiak is an executive coach, consultant, facilitator, speaker, and author who believes that the impossible is possible if human potential is unleashed. The underlying focus of his practice is leadership and applies to his work in executive coaching, leadership development, team development, and management consulting. Welcome to the show, Greg, and thanks for taking the time to be here today for all of our listeners. Thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, quite pleased to be here. Well, Greg, to kick things off, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your current business, Breakpoint Solutions? Sure. Um, As you alluded to in the introduction, um, very much focused on leadership. That's my personal passion. Been at it now in this uh, business environment for about seven years uh, with a couple of uh, maybe evolutions in that time stream. Uh, And prior to that, had a long uh, public sector leadership career uh, with a couple of CEO roles and certainly large uh, organizational responsibilities. And have you spent most of your professional career in Edmonton, or were you born and raised in Edmonton, or what's the connection to the city? Uh, born and raised in Saskatchewan, uh, so I often try to lead with a bit of, uh, I'm a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, there's green blood uh, in the system. As uh, is everyone from Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, but certainly uh, what brought me to, to Edmonton is uh, taking my master's uh, degree here back in the early 90s and um, have been back and forth uh, between Saskatchewan and Edmonton over the course of uh, those intervening years, but have been uh, a resident of Edmonton really since about 1990, uh, well, sorry, uh, 2002, uh, on an ongoing basis, back and forth since basically 1990. Okay, and can you tell us a little bit more about the services that you're bringing to the market and who your customers are? So, uh, again, as you alluded to in the introduction, um, we do a a lot of uh, work in terms of executive coaching. So oftentimes it's one-on-one work with um, all the way from uh, senior executives, full C-suite to, uh, you know, maybe new time managers and supervisors. Uh, Some of that can be generated by the individuals themselves. Sometimes it's a result of a uh, organizational or corporate wide initiative. The coaching can also take the form of, as I said, one-on-one or uh, group coaching uh, and group I would distinguish from team coaching. Uh, Group might be a a group of individuals that are coming together uh, to support an educational offering. Um, They are actually working together in a broad sense, but they don't actually constitute a team. And then team coaching, which uh, often is also supplemented by one-on-one coaching as well. Uh, to help them uh, achieve uh, stronger teams, better team dynamics, uh, cross-collaboration efforts, and so on. Uh, We're also uh, quite involved with um, consulting work. Given the uh, number of people in our firm uh, that come from a health background of a certain nature, uh, a lot of our consulting work is in the healthcare sector, uh, but not exclusively. Uh, We've certainly done work in the uh, 
resource sector, uh, IT, retail, professional associations, and so on. Uh, and then uh, we've also taken on some interim leadership roles. Uh, so we've had uh, several of our people, and one just again just recently is going to be an interim uh, leader for an organization for I think a period of three to six months. And again, that's something we've done over the lifespan of our our organization. And then we do leadership workshops. Uh, facilitation, uh, speaking engagements, so quite a broad range of, of work. But again, the animating philosophy is often around leadership or team development. So I would imagine then you work with a lot of Edmonton entrepreneurs in your practice. We have, um, certainly I say in terms of um, the um, family-owned businesses, small to medium-sized uh, businesses, uh, sometimes startups as well. Um, so it does run the range and all the way up to large uh, corporate uh, organizations as well. One of the big challenges that are often facing entrepreneurs is around financing. So can you tell us a little bit about how you financed your company and, and how you make money in your business now? So relatively, uh, I would say self-finance. There is no uh, need to go to uh, a bank or other organization in order to get the startup funds. I started off um, basically uh, in the first year, you know, as you make a change from having a, an employment uh, salary uh, to the transition to uh, uh, entrepreneurial venture, you know, the, the first year or two were uh, a lot of sleepless nights as you were trying to make the transition. But once I uh, sort of established my, myself and my, uh, my brand, uh, which took, I'd say, about two to three years, uh, it's really taken off. Every year since then has been a growth phase. Um, and so it's been self-financed all the way. Um, and in terms of, of making, um, making the money uh, comes from individual uh, contracts with uh, individual leaders, corporate engagements, working with uh, potentially using more than one uh, leader or team, uh, and consulting engagements. So again, a variety, probably about a mixed bag between consulting and coaching, broadly speaking. And then um, probably similar kind of split between individual and corporate uh, initiatives. And so what are your plans for the future? What's your long-term vision for your company? And do you have any plans to expand beyond Edmonton? Yeah, I think the model is interesting uh, for us anyways, in terms of um, having physical presence outside of Edmonton is not necessarily any kind of requirement or barrier to expansion. So currently we have partners in the firm that are based out of uh, the Yukon, uh, out of Ontario, British uh, Columbia, Vancouver Island, and to some extent the Okanagan. Uh, we have a couple of representatives in, uh, in Lloydminster and uh, one in Calgary. But we deal with clients theoretically in, in almost any part of the country or, or beyond. We're even talking about some aspects of U.S.-based US activity. And because of coaching in particular, it's, there's not a requirement that we need to be physically present with people. We can do a lot about even what we're doing here today, which is uh, some sort of uh, a virtual connection, telephone, uh, Zoom, Skype, uh, and so on. And, uh, and I've certainly done coaching with clients that you know, physically I've never had the privilege of meeting, uh, and yet it's worked very effectively. Now, in terms of being an entrepreneur in Edmonton, what are some of your thoughts around the good points about having a, a company headquartered out of Edmonton and even some of the challenges that uh, maybe you face? So we're really wanting to give our listeners a, a flavor of what it's like to do business in Edmonton. 
Um, well, I found it to be certainly from my experience over the last seven years, um, it's, it's, I think is, is similar to almost any other location to some extent. I mean, it, it, it is what you make of it. Certainly building the networks, uh, being very present, having a strong presence for myself personally on social media uh, and so on. What I found to be particularly helpful uh, in terms of Edmonton is the fact that it is uh, the location of a number of government agencies and businesses. That's been a, certainly a help to me as I started up and, and the connections with various people. But beyond that, in terms of who else needs to relate to uh, those entities, and so it certainly helped me sort of uh, spread out the, the opportunity and the, and the connections as we've gone on. We've set up a physical um, space uh, here in the city as well, and uh, certainly, I find the cost structure is is quite amenable. I mean, I can't imagine. I've, I've had some experience looking at uh, space for various reasons in Vancouver and maybe Calgary back in the in the heyday, and some of the uh, comparisons say to Toronto. Um, so certainly, for me, cost has not been a a factor. We're very pleased with the space we've been able to uh, obtain uh, and the amenities that we get access to. Uh, we're right on the university campus, so we're. Uh, we're quite pleased with that and what we've been able to obtain at, a, I think, a very cost-effective uh, rate. Well, I'd like to shift gears with you, Greg, for mm -hmm. a, a few minutes here and, and talk a little bit more about some of your personal keys to success. So we all know that, that we do some of our best work outside of the office and, and that a change of scene can be inspiring or help us recharge our batteries. Do you have a favorite place in Edmonton that you like to go to think about your business or just to recharge and relax a bit? Uh, yeah, so recharging and relaxing versus thinking about the business, I sort of decided is two different things. Recharging and relaxing for me to some extent relates to physical activity. Maybe there's an element of uh, thinking that goes on there as well. Uh, my wife and I uh, have tried to make it a... Uh, a bit in a pattern of, of behavior to do uh, uh, endurance events. So uh, we've each done uh, Ironman triathlons, other long distance marathon uh, races. Uh, last year, we had the privilege of being in Berlin for the Berlin Marathon. Uh, this year, we're planning to go do the Venice Marathon at the end of October. So certainly, it provides you with um, some thinking space and thinking time. And that's, and that's beneficial. And, and there's an opportunity to uh, to think about the things that are happening at work. I also uh, would say that I spend a fair degree of time in, uh, in local bookstores and, and libraries. Uh, I've always loved learning, loved reading, uh, getting new ideas that way. So you'll often find me as a place to decompress is in those locations. And building on that, what are some of the books that you're reading right now? Or um, do you have a, a couple favorite business books that you would recommend to our listeners? Certainly, in terms of ones that I often go back to and continue to probably draw upon uh, myself, but also to the benefit, maybe particularly for my my coaching clients. I, you know, this is maybe dating myself. I go back to things like the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, I go back to Credibility by uh, Kuzis and Posner, Jim Collins, Good to Great, um, Simon Sinek. Um, start with why or leaders eat last. So there's a number of those that I find that I'm often referring to um, helping my clients, even in an organizational context, sometimes in a consulting fashion. Those are resources that I find myself coming back to. Outside of that, I do a lot of maybe non-traditional reading. Um, I very much uh, like to sort of uh, keep, I don't know, not up to date, but on uh, historical uh, 
realities. Uh, so I just finished up. We were, uh, happened to be again in, in Berlin and Munich uh, last year. So I just finished up a history of the Dachau uh, concentration camp. And it's, it's interesting, I guess, really, unfortunately, is that you see some still uh, parallels today to some of the issues that were faced back in the 30s and 40s playing out in other parts of the world today. So those that uh, fail to learn the history, uh, lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. That is the truth. That is the truth. Well, in terms of office tools mm-hmm. or things that help you be more efficient in your workday, do you have any favorite online or offline tools that, that are your go-to for efficiency and productivity? Well, the, in terms of tools that I use most frequently, I mean, certainly things like this, conversing via Zoom, um, you know, for partner meeting when we talked about sort of how dispersed we are, uh, the ability to have those kinds of connections, certainly from a consulting and coaching standpoint, uh, they allow me to not have to be sort of driving to all kinds of locations if, if uh, it can be avoided, uh, but still retain connection with my clients. Uh, I'm certainly a fairly significant uh, user of LinkedIn and uh, a little bit less so on, on Twitter. Uh, I found those have been fantastic mechanisms for connection with people and identifying or showcasing a bit of the work that we do. Trying to um, blog on a, a relatively frequent basis. I probably dropped off a bit in the last year just with being as busy as I have been, but uh, I really uh, do aspire to create other thoughts uh, and ideas for my clients and maybe for myself as I explore uh, different issues. And one of the things that I've uh, found very um, informative or inspirational for me is actually my clients' stories, their successes, their challenges. Uh, and I often try to convey to them that the issues that they're facing are, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, are not unique. And that uh, I know that when I've written something, they often uh, comment, how did you know that was what I was thinking of or struggling with? And it's because a whole bunch of other people are too. What does the first hour look like for you in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or ritual that helps you get motivated to start the day? What I try to do is kind of use that first um, bit, if at all possible, to make sure that I understand and set my agenda uh, for the day. I think it's always very tempting to gravitate towards the voicemails or the emails, and that's often what I'm working with my clients is to ensure they're clear on their priorities. Uh, So I try to live what I uh, work with them on. Um, Certainly a lot of the tools and and processes that uh, we fall back on for for coaching, I really, uh, I use those same tools myself. Uh, I don't believe in using anything that I'm not uh, actively engaged in uh, myself. I think it adds to the credibility and certainly the understanding of what uh, people are going through. So I really try to get uh, settled for the day, be very clear about my priorities. I found that uh, structure is my friend, process is my friend, and as soon as I start to deviate from that uh, is where I get into trouble. So I'd like to ask you a what-if question now, and that is, if you weren't a consultant and coach, Mm -hmm. what would you like to be doing for a profession? Uh, It's funny because we just had a bit of this conversation in a couple of uh, different uh, group exercises recently, and and the answer that I gave there uh, was, I suspect I would have been some form of educator or teacher. I had various points along my career path where uh, I had a choice to turn left versus right. I've um, uh, been asked at different points in time to uh, consider teaching as a profession. Uh, I had an opportunity over the last three years to teach at Concordia University and do some uh, 
sessional uh, sessions at the University of Alberta. And I've always uh, enjoyed those. I've always enjoyed the connection with students. Uh, I've always enjoyed the types of questions that they ask and the personal connections that can uh, be built there. So um, I think in some respects, there's an underlying piece there where, uh, you know, my mission is to help leaders discover, realize, and unleash their potential. And I think that's why the education realm also appeals to me. And on the flip side of that, Greg, is there something that you would never want to do or a profession that you just know you're not suited for? I think really, honestly, that if, if I was, uh, you know, very true and honest to myself, it's anything that's excessively detail-oriented in, in my mind. I need some of that creativity, um, you know, sort of big picture thinking. So probably things like... Um, uh, accounting or uh, maybe more specifically, you know, sort of the very complex detail tax accounting. Uh, I'm, I'm probably more big, big picture uh, visionary than I am in the details, which as I go back to, that's where I need structure and process set up in my own entrepreneurial ventures. Because, uh, you know, at some point you still have to send out invoices to get paid. If you don't do that, uh, then all the great work goes away pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. Do you have a favorite like quote or sentence or word that, that is kind of your mantra or something that you go back to? Well, in terms of a value, I would say that it's always been uh, one of my core values, if not the fundamental core value is integrity. Be true to your values. Um, do what you say you're going to do. You know, I was a member of Rotary for, for several years, and one of the things that really resonated with me was their mantra, which is service above self. Uh, again, I think that's why I'm in coaching, why I was in public health or public sector uh, for many years, why I have an affinity to the education side is how do I give back? Uh, how do I make a difference? Um, that's what motivates me. Are there any words or phrases that you don't like to hear that just really frustrate you or don't resonate with you? Yeah, I think probably in a, in a general sense, it's um, any uh, extensive complaining, uh, whining, um, sort of a victimization uh, perspective. I think that we all have choice. Uh, we've all made choices, whether we want to believe or accept that in some respects. Some of the maybe the challenging positions we've put ourselves in is because of decisions and choices we've made. And I can reflect back and have about uh, different turning points in my career. And if I'm honest with myself, it's, uh, it's because I've made some decisions that I'm not sure that I regret necessarily, but it is because I've made some decisions and, and that's the natural outcome of, of what's transpired. Uh, I like to think upon reflection that I've made those decisions with the best understanding of my values or parameters or principles at the time. Uh, I may not have fully appreciated the, that kind of choice at the moment, but as I reflect upon it, uh, I think I'm comfortable with some of those things I've made, but I can't then blame people for some of the uh, the challenges that I might have faced as a consequence. So I don't like uh, people who lament what's happening to them or or feeling that they're in a rut. I mean, we have a choice to get out of it. Do you have anything, Greg, that keeps you up at night? You know, when you think of entrepreneurs, they often you know, are go, go, go people and hard to shut your minds off at night and, and that type of thing. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Yeah, I think if you ask my wife, it's everything. So I'm, uh, I'm what I call myself is relatively hypervigilant, um, certainly a goal-oriented uh, person. 
Uh, you're absolutely right. I think that uh, to be an entrepreneur running your own business, you always have to be thinking ahead. You can't just be thinking in the moment. Uh, what's happening? How is business unfolding? Um, I always say that if you're worried about how, in this case, how the month of March is turning out, uh, it's too late to think about that uh, mid, uh, mid-month or late in the month. It's, it's far too late. You've got to be uh, thinking quite a bit further ahead. Uh, so I'm always thinking about how do I continue to adjust the business, change the business, um, interact or connect with other people. It's more about building relationships. I certainly as well. I mean, I've, I've got a family of three with my wife. Uh, we're raising three daughters. So I'm always uh, thinking about how do I help them? How do I position them? How do I provide experiences for them? So there's a lot that keeps me up. I'm, I am constantly thinking. I think that's why I also enjoy reading so much. I have That's my way to decompress and and uh, learn about something else, uh, whether it's historical or fictional, it's, it's part of my ability to try to sort of slow myself down. And thinking about, you know, something maybe that you aspire to in the future, can you share with our listeners like the top three things on your inspired life list? So these may be goals for yourself personally or experiences that you want to share with your family mm. or professionally, but... What are a, a few of the things that you're working towards? Well, professionally, it's, it's always, or it has been for some time now, the desire to be sort of top of mind. When somebody starts to think about leadership, uh, team development, that one of the first places or people they'll think of is Breakpoint or Greg Hadubia. So that's, that's the aspiration, not just for Edmonton, but really for Western Canada for sure, if not much beyond that. Um, I think that we had the opportunity to start to live out some bucket list uh, goals last year. My my daughter turned 18 and wanted to provide her with a, a worldly experience. And so we uh, we took her to Paris uh, and then we tacked on some other vacation time. So it's to provide my children, uh, my family with some fantastic uh, experiences, open their eyes up uh, to the world. And I think uh, at a more personal level, I have some objectives that relate to uh, marathon and uh, half marathon performances. Uh, I'd really like to break some of these time barriers that have been in my, uh, in my way for some time. So I, I, I'll never be on the podium. I'm not, there's too much time and effort and energy uh, to get that, but I'd certainly like to break some time barriers. Well, as, as we start to wind things up here today, Greg, I'd love for you to share a bit more advice with our uh, listeners. And we do have a fair number of international listeners to the show. Okay. So if you could answer this next question with them in mind, okay. imagine if you were starting all over again and you had just moved to Edmonton, but you didn't know anyone and you really were starting from scratch. Um, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you start all over again in Edmonton? So it's, it's interesting. I reflect back to the first job I ever had, um, leaving Saskatchewan, moving to Manitoba, where I knew nobody in the entire province of Manitoba. And I would say the same thing I did then, again, not necessarily from any plan, but I think I did it well enough. And I would say I need to do, you know, continue to do the same things here. It's get involved, meet people, uh, focus on uh, giving back, building relationships building networks. One of the things you asked earlier in terms of any phrase that maybe comes to mind that I would would use, and one that I've come back to several times is just go plant seeds. You don't know when those things will come to fruition. Maybe some of them never will, 
but I can certainly attest to uh, some referrals that have come my way that I suggest have been sometimes 10, 15, 20 years in germination or in the making. So get involved. Um, I think there's an element of, of don't push too hard. People, in my mind, get kind of turned off by the hard sell. Be involved, give back, make yourself available, be prepared to take on uh, different things to have the experience, have courage, um, have perseverance. Uh, There's sometimes an element of maybe being masochistic about it. Uh, Have courage, keep it going, uh, have faith, be prepared to understand your, your strengths, be open to learning from everybody. I mean, that's a long list, but it's all action-oriented, it's all courage-based, it's all learning-based. And I think a lot of great advice there in, in that answer for entrepreneurs, not only in Edmonton, but, but anywhere in the world. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, to wrap things up, Greg, I have a fun hypothetical mm. question for you. Okay. So I'd like you to imagine there's a small tropical island just off of Fiji, mm. and it has a phone booth, but there's no internet. So we're going to drop you off there, and you won't have a computer, smartphone, or tablet, but you can use the phone booth anytime to call a boat, and we'll come pick you up. So how long would you last before you made that call, and what would you do while you're there? Well, that answer has really changed over the years. If I'd say, you know, go back 10 or 15 years, uh, I probably would have been stir-crazy within a matter of minutes uh, what to do with myself. What I would do while I was there now would certainly be uh, a, a quite a degree of exploration. Uh, I know that when I go on vacation, it becomes more exhausting than, uh, than actually being at work because I'm trying to learn and explore everything I possibly can. Um, so I think that the, the phone call would be um, probably giving myself a, a you know, week or two to explore the island to, to rest and rejuvenate. Uh, and I think that desire to make the call would be then to be able to share that experience and what I've learned. Um, I, I, I want to be able to convey that or at least explore that with somebody else. Did, you know, would they agree? Did they see the same things that I might have seen if they'd been to the same island? Um, so I think now I'd be able to uh, hold off for a week or two. Uh, in the past, I probably couldn't have held out for more than an hour or two. Well, that's, that's a great way to, to end our chat today. So Greg, um, how can our listeners connect with you? If they want to find you on social media, can you share your, your website and contact info? Yes. Yeah, so um, we are at uh, www.breakpoint.solutions is our website. And certainly they can find me on LinkedIn as well. And uh, certainly there's, they'll get a lot of flavor from uh, looking at my LinkedIn profile. They'll see, be able to see the full scope of the the people involved uh, with Breakpoint at this point in time. I actually neglected to mention that we also have one of our partners is based out of the London, UK uh, location. So we've got a bit of an international flavor to ourselves as well. And you'll see the strength of who we are. And I hope what you get to see from looking at the website is a bit of not just uh, the kind of work we do, but actually the personality of, of who we are and what motivates us. And that's what really I think has brought us all together is a, a bit of a common cause. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being a guest today. And uh, I've learned a lot from you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you. Thank you very much. Well, this is Bonnie Elgie, and I'd like to thank everyone for taking the time to listen today to Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write us a review on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. And you can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. We'll see you next time.